co-holiday hobbits, and welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast, episode 121. We are recording on Monday, December 27th, 2021, the Boxing Day to Boxing Days. Uh, you know, if, if it's like a continual backwards. Every day after Christmas is just the next day's Boxing Day in my head. Um, today, I'm joined by our usual co-host, Angie at Stellar Smalls. Angie, how's it going? I'm doing good. It's been a little while since I've been on the on the podcast, so I'm super glad to be back, especially with our our new guest. Yeah, you've you've added hibernation just in time to welcome our special guest James Halliday, uh, who is at Butlord Primus on Twitter and a uh, lightful streamer and regular listener of the show. Great part of our community, and we're super happy to have him here. So, hi James, how's it going? Hey, thank you. thank you so much for having me on the show. This is this is awesome. Does does this mean I can't write in with uh, listener questions anymore? Yeah, you are the like source of our <laughs> listener questions. Um, I guess they would have to be. I I feel like maybe there's like a buffer zone or something <laughs> you have to work around. You know, <laughs> give it some time to, to between <laughs> appearances, and then you can write in as a listener. Um, we have the question master here, and I'm going to jump in the lowdown so that we can question him about what games he's been playing. Um, if you want to be a part of the conversation or have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us at, on Twitter, and that's at MN Gamers Podcast. And if you don't use Twitter, like hopefully more and more people, <laughs> you can send us an old-fashioned email to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Mostlynormalgamers.com is also our website. Please go and check it out. Um, it has not been updated in a long time. <laughs> I've told John that I could update this situation, and he's like, yeah, let's get you all logged in, and it just never happened. So <laughs> well, hopefully when he edits this, he can uh, get me the info, because I, yeah, I have yeah. been like sitting here in quarantine forever, and I'm just like, what do I do with myself? I updated like my works website, and I'm like, I can do other things. <laughs> <laughs> You're just spinning your wheels. Um, <laughs> the... Last thing is going to be, um, we're hopefully putting together a game of the year issue of the Mostly Normal Monthly, um, which is at mngamers.substack.com. You can also go read a year's worth of back issues. And finally, leave us a voicemail on our Google Voice line at 407-291-2991, and we can feature you on the show. With all of the contact info out of the way... Let's jump into what we're playing, and I like to start with James, our special guest. James, uh, what games have been taking up your time? Oh boy, uh, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. Uh, so between whenever I have chance to get on the Switch, I'll play that. Um, and uh, been playing a lot of Apex Legends with uh, a little bit more time off from work. Uh, me and my buddies have been playing that from time to time. But uh, I also picked up Pray for the Gods. Have you heard about that game? Oh, I think I saw something about this, but I have not heard it's, much about it. It was like a um, uh, Shadow of the Colossus inspired game. Like it's blatantly a ripoff of Shadow of the Colossus. I think it was kickstarted. Like, and they're they're not shying away from that. They are they're quite uh, bold in that uh, <laughs> that it is this that oh this my sort God. of inspired. So I just went to their website. I would encourage everyone to go to their website because just the banner image is like pure, 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 pure Shadow of the Colossus oh. energy with this creature it's, in the background. It's it's weird. Like I want to, I really want to like it because I love Shadow of the Colossus. But um, 
it's just it's feels half baked like it's there's a lot of really good ideas there but it kind of mm. plays like it feels like it plays like a ps2 game at times um and it's just like not a lot keeping me wanting to play it some of the boss fights have been really cool but the mechanics are just not fully fleshed out so yeah. i really like like and they do like a lot of the breath of the wild um you gotta like keep your stamina up you climb everything um but uh yeah my only including the bosses oh yeah yeah you climb the bosses um of course. but then they have like a heat meter which you got to keep yourself warm because it's in the like frozen north like you're mm -hmm. like a viking going on a uh well, no. tundra. yeah it's <laughs> it's so you gotta like make fires to stay warm and eat food so you gotta keep your food up you have Survival. to rest regularly um but yeah. like i find more often than not those bars just drop cons like constantly whenever you're having a boss fight so it's it, it's just a pain in the ass and like that they have a super like... stressful <laughs> yeah yeah Whereas Shadow of the Colossus, you just have to worry about how long you can hold on, right? And yeah. then your well, health. You know, um, the design of some of these bosses and some of these images on the website is just super, super stunning. Like, the, the character design looks great. Um, I'm getting, like, real intense Aloy vibes from this main character. Oh, but maybe that's 100%. She's a redhead with a bone world. Yeah, um, I was just about to say that. The, I, I agree with the boss. The bosses and the images look really cool. I'm not sure how it looks how they look in the gameplay but um yeah the the main character this chick she looks pretty badass but again <laughs> i'm not sure how it goes with the gameplay and but that's it, yeah uh, that's that's a lot what like drew me in like i, I was like oh this this looks right up my alley and but mm -hmm. like playing it it doesn't play quite as well as the still images look mm. that's a bummer it yeah. Yeah. i you know, it, if they kickstarted this game, like I'm wondering if it's like the first kind of major push for the studio and maybe they'll, you know, be able to take some of the lessons from this and, and do something, you know, whether they, they get enough interest for a sequel or kind of just, you know, work on a, a next project. Because it definitely has that yeah. G based on the way you described it and just looking at it, it's like, let's take all of these pieces of like beloved games and maybe like turn the survival mechanic knob up a little bit this is not how game design works at all but you know <laughs> it's like let's mash up like breath of the wild along with shadow of the colossus and like maybe make it like more intense survival like you can see kind of like the ideas percolating and i wonder if maybe they just have another go at kind of like refining those systems and um is it kind of hacky and slashy in terms of the combat or is it more methodical it's like, it's a lot more methodical like shadow of the colossus you only fight the monsters right the big right, colossi right. and you can only really defeat them by climbing on them and like stabbing them in the key spots and then this one mm -hmm. instead of stabbing them you uh you have to like there's like these runes on them that are like essentially like i don't know they <laughs> you have you to like them? well no like they have like this big like metal disc and you like twist it and pull it out like a cylinder and then slam it back in and that's oh, what deals the damage and you have to do yeah. it like four times on each rune. So oh, it's wow. so but it's okay. the same idea as like in Shadow of the Colossus, you raise the sword up slowly right. and then stab it back in. So it's essentially the same action, just you're not using a weapon. You and you find right. out like through like lore dumps that uh these runes have been placed by like the uh the group before you. 
that came to this land before you that trapped these gods or something like that. I don't know. It's, I really want to like it, but it's not gripping me. There's so many like little buggy issues and uh, like the one boss I was fighting and it's just like it would hit this point and it would do an animation and I would die like at full health unexplicably. I would just die. And I remember like just being like, what, what happened? Like visually nothing. There's no cue that I was going to be insta killed and I just died. (laughs) It's like, all right, well, (laughs) It's really unfortunate. Yeah. So it's really, really, really frustrating. Yeah. Uh, So tell me a little bit about how you're liking um, Brilliant Diamond. I just got my girlfriend Shining Pearl as her Christmas present because she's kind of into Pokemon games. And um, I was texting with a friend who like bonded with me over the original Diamond and Pearl back when we were in high school. Um, And so how does the remake hold up? Have you played those original games and uh, how are you liking that? Yeah, I've been, I've played a lot. <laughs> the uh, the originals I pl- I remember playing them in high school and they were kind of like the first Pokemon since uh Silver and and Blue that I've really attached to. I remember I played um the uh Ruby or Ruby Sapphire era mm-hmm. of games as well, but I just I don't know, it didn't really grab me, but the I I really liked Diamond and Pearl. And so when the news of this coming out and it was like, we're going to keep it pretty much on point with um, how the originals were, I was like, that's that's exactly what I want. So I've been having a blast. I know a lot of people are like kind of disappointed that they didn't go, I don't know, expand more on the games or that they didn't take the platinum, uh, I guess, DLC, the extra content from platinum. But I've been loving it. I've. Yeah, I managed to beat the Elite Four, and uh, I'm just doing post game stuff now and and rebuilding a a Pokemon team based on my favorites. And I don't know, I just I love Pokemon. It's just one. It's one of my guilty pleasures. Oh, no guilt necessary, <laughs> in, my, in my opinion. Um, we'll have to. I well, I will have to see if I can get my girlfriend to like try and do a battle with you or something. Since uh, one who's going to be played through. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I've played through those games twice. Um, I played through it. It was, a, a small, um, Minnesota game store, um, that had import copies of it before it had come out in the U S cause it was back before they did like universal global release. And so I had played through it in Japanese, um, just by like context and a couple game facts guides <laughs> and just like hitting my head against it and like you play enough pokemon it's like okay i kind of like as long as i know which one is yes and which one is no yeah uh, you can follow along um and like literally the day that i beat it in japanese it came out in the u.s and bought, I bought it again that's so funny and started playing it um anyways i i agree that i think like that generation is slightly more beloved to me than gen 3 was able to get and i think like they really like brought some of the best designs out of the not Gen One and Gen Two, were like my all-time favorites. But oh, hundred percent. Anything as long as I can get a Murkrow in the game, I don't care. Yeah, and then Honchkrow. Oh my gosh, I tried so hard to run Honchkrow back on the old uh, 
I think it was Shoddy Battle was the battle simulator I used to oh, play yeah. in high school. And I was like, Honchkrow is just so cool. Like, I want to play Honchkrow. Oh, I, I don't even don't even touch Honchkrow. My Murkrow never evolves and will never ah. evolve. <laughs> he's he's too noble of a beast with his little top hat. it's true Uh, just keep him from becoming a mafia don bird yeah exactly Um, and uh are you playing anything else i know you mentioned some apex um yeah i think there's like a holiday going on right now right they do that big train event or something yes they they got that holiday train i i played a bit of it i i played a bit of it the I, i guess a year or two ago when they had it um last year yeah and it's okay it's a fun little it's nice to change it up, but yeah, we just, I have a group of, uh, two buddies and, and we're, we're all terrible at the game. So it's kind of nice to just jump in and just have a good time together. We win the odd game, but it's, uh, yeah. it's few and far between. We're not, uh, 360 no scoping people like a boss or anything like that. We are just <laughs> spray and pray <laughs> brothers. Mostly pray. <laughs> yeah. Mostly pray. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, that's how I've been feeling in uh, a game that I think Angie's also playing, which is Halo Infinite. Um, that's what I'm seeing on your playlist. How are you liking Halo Infinite? I know we talked a little bit about it in uh, when you were playing through the early access um, test flight, Angie, but are you digging the uh, the main game here? I am, yeah. And I, I'm... I'm not one to just run through the game and then play it again and take my time to find everything. Like I like to look around and just, I don't know. Anyway, so I'm only on the third mission because I've been taking so much time just going through all the whole level. I found two skulls. Oh so crap. Far. I haven't found any. I, so <laughs> I also might be just on the third mission. I did. Um, James, I, I know you don't have an Xbox. Um, I've been playing Halo. Yay! Oh, on your phone. I'm proud. On my phone. On my phone. I, that's the <laughs> only way works. I can play it. <laughs> Are you playing it, uh, the single player uh, campaign? Yes. Yeah. I have so, not gotten very far. I've got, I think I'm where I'm supposed to go to a big mining area or something like that. Okay. I think I just have beaten that mission. So the, the way the game is structured, right, is it has kind of like a very linear first two levels or two missions where you're like in outer space doing badass Master Chief stuff. And then it like <laughs> lets you out into this open world on Zeta Halo. And I think like technically getting to the drop ship counts as a mission, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then you get dropped and go do this mining facility mission. I'm pretty sure it's just the mi- Oh, the mining. No, you and I are at the exact same place. <laughs> okay. Um, so like I just clear this other mission and then it's like, okay, I'm going to now do all of the nodes on this map because my brain is broken and this is why i don't generally play <laughs> ubisoft style open world games because i want to clear all the nodes mm-hmm. um and so i put a ton of time into the game and i've only done like three missions um but i don't know have there been any like standout like stories of goofy moments angie or james from like you're playing of this weird open world grappling hook simulator um, the, not necessarily the grappling hook, but I will say I've found the, um, the, the lines that the grunts say <laughs> as you're like either defeating them or going up against them in any way, shape or form. It's hilarious. I have recorded a couple of them, like just saying random funny stuff. And that just gets me every single time. I love it. 
that's I love that they've incorporated that because the grunts are just little shits running around and they just have to have just some goofy context. Um, that's that's what what I found the you know because you're in a game that's supposed to be serious, but then you have these little grunts saying funny lines. I like it. Oh, the the grunt lines were have have been phenomenal. I've mm-hmm. I have no experience really playing Halo. I played a little bit of the first campaign and I just never, it never got sunk in. And I remember playing most of the second games campaign with a buddy years and years and years ago. And so Mm -hmm. I remember, I remember at one point you, you become an alien, (laughs) you become one of the aliens and that's kind of like my, my, Oh yeah, I remember this. Um, And then like, so I'm playing this one. So essentially I'm looking at this as my first halo that I'm playing. And so, yeah, the mm-hmm. grunts are absolutely hilarious. I think I did a mission where it's like, or like, I don't know, mini mission or whatever, where it's like you have to kill like this named grunt, like the significant, like the the late the weapon girl. She was like, "Oh, hey, this guy's dangerous. You just even yeah, though he's a yeah. grunt, don't don't uh, underestimate him." And I remember running in, and I just I was just shooting guys. And I think I shouldered like like may lead a guy and then she's like you killed him that was him i was like oh that that was him (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i I just remember that was done (laughs) so um the second mission has like this pretty hard boss fight at the end i don't know if you all felt that way um i actually found the boss at the end of the third mission challenging too but um and then like they're hyping up these advanced value like Covenant targets were brutal murderers who you have to go like take vengeance on, which is one of the people you did. And like, I was like so trepidatious at first, like, oh my God, like I'm going to tiptoe my way over the sky and like <laughs> just like barely touching anything. Of course, the first person I fought is a person who was cloaked and had a sword and it was like pretty early on. I was like, ah, oh, screw this. And then like, I've just been like comedically tearing those situations apart <laughs> ever since. Um, I, um, how do you guys feel? I, I know James, you said you played like a tiny bit of the other halos. Angie, how are you feeling about like the upgrade points and like leveling up system being put into a halo? Game? It's okay. Um, I know that they've been working on some things and upgrading it a little bit, but it's all right. It's, mm-hmm. and I haven't gotten too much into it because I'm still, I'm, you know, being so meticulous in the level itself, in the mission, trying to find all the stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I still haven't found any skulls, and um, I'm just desperate for them to put the replay mission feature that they're going to patch in at whatever point, just so I can try yeah. to find them. Because I, I was also scouring levels, and I cannot, I couldn't figure it out. The first, the done. first two are are pretty difficult, so they don't put in an easy to to find spot. You really have to explore in crevices that you don't think you need to go into. Well, so, and like. The crevices that you don't think you know need to go into has like multiplied tenfold or a thousandfold because of the grappling. <laughs> yeah, because you go into one and then you go into another and then you hop on a ledge and then you reach over. Yeah, so like the first skull was on um, like a levitating like block, and you jump on that and then you um, you wait for the. It's like a little mini elevator essentially. So you wait, ride that upwards, and then I think you jump to the left if I'm remembering correctly, hmm. um, and then there's like a ledge and there's a skull right there. Um, the second one was on top. If you're in like this inside big open area, you have to grapple um, up on a ledge and then you have to jump grapple onto a free hanging 
kind of um, structure and that has a hole in it. And you have to, you have to, I died like five times getting up in there. But once you get in there, the skull's sitting up there, but it's, oh, it's hanging over an, an empty area. So, oh, just like over a bottomless pit? Exactly. Yes. Thank you. That's the words to use. <laughs> I, um, so I have been using the grappling hook. I upgraded it to have like the rapid cooldown feature. Oh, cool. I leveled the grappling hook all the way up and my shields all the way up. And um, it's been very fun. <laughs> but um, <laughs> once you have the rapid cooldown, you can basically use the grappling hook. And if you time it out right, you can just scale endlessly upwards to climb stuff. I and need to do I, that because I've been so sick of just waiting for it to cool down. I'm like, this is annoying. I want to use it. Oh, my <laughs> God. But it breaks me for the multiplayer where, like, all of a sudden you have, like, limited uses of it. And it yeah, like, actually has a real cool down. I'm just like, oh, I wish I, like, I would hate it. Like, I know in my heart I would hate it, but I wish everyone spawned in with equipment every spawn. I think it would make the multiplayer instant. <laughs> That'd be kind um, of fun if you can, um, can, I wonder if there's a way, if, if it hasn't been done yet, or if they will upgrade it to, if you can customize a match and have, like, friends join in or something, and then you can maybe have that have be that one of the customizations. Yeah, well, and so to pivot a little bit to multiplayer, the Fiesta mode spawns you with a random piece of equipment every time you spawn in, as well as the two random weapons. And like, once that was happening, I got so much more experience with the equipment than I was getting just playing regular multiplayer, because I feel like the equipment spawns in so rarely. Um, Have you done know. any of the um, training, the training modules? just like one or two james have you played any multiplayer at all or are you just sticking to? i did i did jump into it a little bit um it's i'm gonna be honest not really my cup of tea like it, uh, the mm. fact that apex grabbed me at all is a surprise to me more than right, right. <laughs> more than anything mm -hmm. but uh i'm really bad when it comes to playing online games i don't like people i don't know like playing with <laughs> people i don't know i feel really anxious I love Stranger it, danger. It, you took it to heart. I, I, it gets me every time. And then like people want to talk over mics and I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, I'll just agree with them or whatever. But I, I don't know. It's just, I get so uncomfortable, but if it's like my friends or whatnot, I'm fine, whatever. And, but I don't know. There's something about, uh, playing random people on the internet that makes me a little bit anxious. So. Oh yeah. I hear you. I, I think it's fun to play like capture the flag or things like that type, you know, type of games in, in Halo, especially when you have a group of friends or um, like at least, you know, to make up four people on one side to play with you. So then you guys can, you know, know your strengths and weaknesses and who can do what and better communicate that way versus with strangers. Cause playing capture the flag with strangers, it's just a shit show. Realistically. <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> I actually think Capture the Flag, um, so Infinite's like added this ping system, which I think a lot of shooters have kind of taken from Apex. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really helpful. I've not been on mic at all, basically, with Strangers. I stopped doing that like seven years ago. I just heard too many racial slurs. Um, and well, that's not I was just like, cool. you know, I can just take, take my mic off and mute you. Um, but I have yeah. a couple friends who I hopefully am going to be able to squat up with once in a while and it's always nice to be in voice chat with them and like shoot the shit and coordinate a little bit more but yeah. i think um ctf is like probably my i actually think 
of the Halo games I've played in the recent past, I think the objective games in this are the least bummer for me when they come up on a playlist. Because, like, back in the day, I would get super bummed out if, like, any objective game except, like, maybe King of the Hill came up. And this is the first time in a long time where I've been, like, pretty content with any of the objective games coming up and just being like, oh, cool, I guess I'm doing this instead of Slayer. Yeah. Um, like, Oddball, I think, is, like, really tense in this, and the fact that they have it be round-based is just incredible. Um, like, the fact that you can come back after getting the just, like, cleaned out with, like, a 200 to 10 score in the first round and, like, have a chance at coming back is really amazing. Um, and I think some of the changes to the way that Capture the Flag works is actually really interesting. Um, have you been playing anything else, or has Halo taken up most of your time? I know you've been super busy uh, in the before time since you've not been on the show so often, Angie. So any other games uh, put off for you? Um, yeah, bef uh, before I switch over to one of my go-to games mm -hmm. here, but um, I wanted to see, like, with the campaign on Halo, what are your guys' thoughts on the new Cortana. So not Cortana, but the new Cortana. Oh, yeah. Weapon. Yeah. An impossible to Google search name. <laughs> Even <laughs> if you're like, oh, Halo weapon. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> um, I, without like the full context of the full story. Um, yeah. Just so far. I, I like, first don't impression. mind her. Um, I also wish that the band, like, I, I'm i not like a Halo lore head like that, where like I played through the story and like, you know, I played through Halo 5, 4, 5, 4, 5, 6 years ago, whenever it came out. Um, and like, remember all of the narrative beats about like Cortana being corrupted and going rampant and mm -hmm. all that. But um, I do think it's a little bit weird to have her basically have like a direct replacement. Um, I'm wondering, you know, I, I like that she's like sassy and like conversational, but I feel like Cortana was kind of that way too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I want to play through more of the story because I'm pretty sure that's going to be like an important story beat of like her being different from Cortana or if I had to like shoot a guess out, like maybe she's some sort of reprogrammed version of Cortana. I don't know. Um, do you have any opinions, James? I know you're less familiar with the series. Yeah, I have no real uh, frame of reference to Cortana versus uh, Weapon. But um, as far as like the NPC that tells you what to do and where to go and and uh, all that sort of information, I've been really enjoying her. I like the, uh, I don't know, yeah, she's fun to listen to. She's not annoying. She's not popping up at inopportune moments and <laughs> telling oh, me yeah. the the big one for me is when they uh those sort of info notification bots pop up and they like start telling you to do the mission and i'm like no i'm fucking just messing around right now i'm i'm just want to do my own thing and they just keep popping up saying hey are you we ready should... yet yeah are you, you, are you... Go to the next part? yeah oh. <laughs> and uh so far i haven't noticed her doing that so i really enjoyed uh what i've experienced of her and she kind of only yeah. pop chimes in whenever you're, you're kind of near an objective or near um a mission or she's cute yeah as opposed to yeah but yeah um 
knowing the the story and stuff like that too i at first was like fucking replacing cortana who the hell are you lady i was i i do agree i was like i'm confused this isn't cortana why is this not cortana um but yeah but the 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 her dialogue um she's not she's annoying me less and less as it goes on so i'm like i'm gonna give her a chance obviously i'm gonna play it through see what happens um but at first i was like totally against her yeah but now now i'll I'll deal with her just to see what i have to do next i think the voice acting goes a long way too for her i think she's really well voice acted i also think uh, i I I agree i can't the guy who pilots the pelican for you all over the place and like drops off ordinance he just goes by a call sign. I don't know his name, right? Oh, like the, the other the, main character. The other dude always. in the beginning. Um, I'm not sure. I thought he had a name when the dialogue. Echo two sixteen pilot. Ah, uh, okay. Well, there you go. Sure. I don't know if that's actually his name. Just guessing. Um, yeah. Anything else on Halo before we? Move uh, on? No, no. I, I was just curious about the. Yeah, that is like chick. a pretty major change Another if you're chick. like super into the story, and and I'm hopeful that they like. I'm. I think it's very clear like she's central to the story they're trying to tell, sort of. Um, yeah. On some level, and so I want to kind of see how that plays out. For sure. Well, the only, only, only blah, words. No. The only other game that I've been playing is Breath of the Wild. Again, oh. um, I'm not anticipating the end because the end was very anticlimactic for me, but um, I just like playing through it again just to go explore other places I maybe didn't explore and do um, the divine, or beat the divine beasts. I have been, it takes me like minutes versus before I was like, I'm going to finish this the next day <laughs> when I first played through it. But it's so much easier now, but I, I have been finding new things and new areas. So it's kind of like it's new, but not at the same time. Yeah. So that's interesting. And plus now I know how to get a bunch of rupees. So it's so much easier when you need to like buy <laughs> stuff. I think Breath of the Wild is like a perfect game to, uh, despite how much you've played it, you'll always find something new mm-hmm. in it because of how many like unique individual systems they've developed that interact with each other in such like violently different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. My... I like it a lot. That's why it's one of my go-to just mess around, lay in bed or pass out while playing type of game. <laughs> it's your, your doze off two game. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll just be laying in the bed with a switch and I'll fall asleep. I'm like, oh, I should probably put this somewhere else. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, Breath of the Wild Fever is like ripping its way through a couple of my friends from the coffee shop I used to work at right now. And like, uh, just the delight on their face as they're like talking to me. Because like they they know it's my favorite game ever, and so they're just like, "Oh my god, man!" Blah, blah. And I was like, "Yeah, I told you." Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so glad you're still enjoying that game. I it makes I me want to go back. I just I'm terrible about <laughs> backlog management, and I also beat that game like once and a half times already. So I don't feel like I can spend more time in it. Oh no, I hear uh, you. Oh man, I can't uh, wait till so, the second one comes out. Oh my god, yes. That might, oh my God, it's going to ruin my life. 
no joke. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm going to take off work for like a full week and just hang out with the second one. So um, Echo 216 Pilot is actual, actually Fernando Espar's is the name of the character, even though in the Halo wiki they call him Echo 216's pilot. Okay, um, all right. Anyhow, um, Halo Infinite and Breath of the Wild, two very um, similar open world games, uh, yep. if you zoom all the way out, you know? Um, I have been playing um, just a tiny bit of a couple new Switch games that I picked up on sale during the holidays. Um, so I played through some Loop Hero um, on Switch, which is a game. Are you, either of you familiar with Loop Hero? I'm familiar. I, I've not played it, but I have yeah. a bunch of friends who talk my ear off about it. So No, I haven't heard of it. <laughs> so you're an amnesiac knight, and uh, the world's been ripped into a thousand pieces, and you're on a little... It's kind of like a little... You know, it's a little ring a circle, or some people might even call it a loop. um um, you're you as you go through the loop there's monsters on it that'll pop out and then you earn equipment but you also earn um cards that are like tiles to build out this world around the loop um and as you add tiles like new things will trigger and it's um sort of like a clicker game but not really like it's not kind of like a set it and forget it kind of thing um, you have to like press Y to continue after each battle and after placing stuff down. Um, I completed the first boss fight. I, I beat the first boss in the game. Um, and it's like a dangerous kind of game for me where I could see myself getting like sucked into it and just like spending way too long on it. And then just like waking up three days later and being like, why did I even spend this time on this? <laughs> um, but the art's really cool. Um, there's some mysteries about like why the world is the state that it's in um and uh the mechanics all seem you know it, it it's more like it's very min maxi and you're kind of layering systems as you unlock things and earn resources to unlock new systems um so i'll i'll check in about it um once i'm a little bit more versed in it but um, just like the the grind of getting the right equipment to be able to beat that first boss was kind of um, a really good hook to me through the first couple hours of the game. Um, today, I, the other game I got on sale, I played the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes of Death Store. Um, I beat, there's like a, a fight at the very start of the game um, that kind of initiates the story. And then, uh, so I beat that fight and then have been kind of venturing around that first area that you end up in. Um, feels pretty satisfying um, and is actually pretty challenging. Um, but I'm so early that I like have nothing of substance to say other than I found an umbrella and I'm fighting with an umbrella, <laughs> which is kind of cool. It's a purple umbrella. I like it. I'm a fan. It keeps my feathers dry during bad weather. <laughs> yeah, um, Death Store has been one one on my list for a while i uh it was exclusive on xbox so uh for the while now and then just recently playstation and switch got it so yeah i should i've been waiting for it to come to switch i was like really hopeful it looks like it'll be a perfect switch game yeah the last thing i've been playing is the gunk which is like the game that i've been the most excited about all year other than sable um it just came to game pass like two weeks ago 
um, and it is some image and form games, IF games, who make the SteamWorld games. Um, you play a, a character who escapes me right now because it's been a couple of days since I played it. Um, but uh, so far, the writing is really uh, touching. There's a really nice friendship relationship between you and the pilot of this ship that you land on the planet with. Um, and she's kind of like the person in your ears, the way that Cortana is in Halo. You know, she's kind of like checking in with you through the course of your adventure. And uh, you're investigating this beautiful planet that's taken over by this gunk. Um, I think there's some allusions to some sort of colonialism themes, as well as, I mean, it's like very blatantly going to be an a game with a bunch of environmentalism themes because you're literally, as you clean up the gunk, um, once you've cleaned all the gunk out of an area, the vegetation and plant life all surges back to life and becomes green and lush and beautiful and colorful again. Um, so I think that's pretty obvious. Um, and the gunk is this like floating black red pustulating mass that's kind of taken over this planet um, and it's supposedly dangerous to you it puts up monsters to fight that stuff um, but as far as the story's been um, pretty interesting the writing is really sharp and it's really interesting to see because um, image inform traditionally does 2d games they bounce between genres every time they've released a game except for when they made steam world dig 2 um, this is like the mechanics of Steam will dig, where you're like digging through stuff, cleaning up the gunk, pushing forward in the game, and then you can teleport back to your home base, upgrade your equipment, and put on further forward. It's exactly the same loop, but translated into a 3D platformer instead of being kind of a 2D platforming situation. Um, my only complaints are the jumping and the controls for like the jumping doesn't feel tuned super well, and that's kind of rough when the 3D platformer. Um, but it's felt really fun to play. It's very pretty, um, and it's on Game Pass, so I just kind of hit download and was, it popped up there, which is always really fun for me. Um, I'm hoping that the story pays off. I think there's some themes that they're touching on, and I, I trust them to do a good job with it because the writing's been really good so far. But um, I think I cleared, like, I think I'm on, like, Chapter 4 or 5 or something, uh, but I cleared, like, the first main part of the game, I think. Um, have either of you checked this out at all? The gunk? No. No. And I, I know you... I haven't heard of that, to be honest. Yeah, it's... it's Sounds interesting, though. Smaller game, but um, it's their first 3D game from this company, and if you like 3D platformer type stuff, um, almost like Ratchet & Clank, except you're... It's like if you mixed Ratchet & Clank with um, Luigi's Mansion. Oh, okay. It's, if I had to give like a boiled down sales pitch, that wasn't me rambling about how it's got the same feedback loop as digging and steel dig <laughs> one and two. Um, so um, you have this like really, uh, the protagonist has this, um, is missing an arm to a, to, a, to a mining accident. So she has this cool orange gauntlet that has the vacuum attachment that sucks up the gunk and she calls it pumpkin because it's big orange oh, thing. Um, and you're upgrading pumpkin as you go through the game. Um, and so you're using that as you would use Luigi's vacuum backpack. Uh, I can't remember the name of that right now. And it feels Poltergeist strange. 3000. The Poltergust, yes. The Poltergust, because of the vacuum. Air. Yeah, no problem. Um, and um, similar, you know, suction stuff. And um, I just unlocked a trap that, like, magnetizes these little monsters to it to distract them from you. Uh, interesting game. I don't think it's going to be, like, 
an all-time banger like perfect game but it's it was the perfect thing when i didn't want to get lost in the open world of halo frustrated at halo multiplayer because i am a little rage monster when i play halo infinite because <laughs> i used to be good at halo when i was younger and it just has all worn off <laughs> um i don't know if i was ever that good um but it was a nice break um you know kind of an oppressive atmosphere because it's all of this gross slimy stuff but the dialogue's really fun and funny the relationships in the game are cute and um, it's really beautiful when you clean the stuff up. So I thought it was a nice change of pace. And it seems pretty linear um, overall. So it's kind of a nice A and B, kind of two different flavors to test against each other. Um, anyways, uh, with all of that, I think we have a little bit of time to jump into some news here. Um, if that sounds good to you. Well, quick question. You have on here on the doc that you've barely been playing Death's Door. Yeah. I looked up Death's Door, uh, like, and I'm on their, like, webpage or whatever, um, playdeathstore.com, and the, the old lady in the background, does she remind you of somebody? Yes, she does. Um, are you, it's, you're referring to a Miyazaki movie. She's like the big witch from Spirited Away. Yeah, Yubaba. Yubaba. So, um... I, every time I saw the art for that game, my brain immediately was like, immediately jumping to that. Um, So thank you for calling that out, Angie. I just Uh, like, oh, she, she looks mean and gruesome, right? Without the, without the giant mole on the center of her head, but yeah. Yeah. More cartoony, I guess, but. She looks like it's actually like a, a potion on her head too. Do you see that? I don't think I ever noticed oh, that. Oh, yeah. Looking, like, super yeah, like closely. as a hat, almost? Yeah. She's mm-hmm. got a little potion hat. Um, that's incredible. I, I had no idea. Um, also, uh, I love going to these game websites because I like never would check them out otherwise. Um, and so I'm on the Death's Door official website, and it has like that cover art. But as you move your mouse around, it like has, it moves around, too. Yeah, it, it changes the perspective on it. It's, a little bit. It's kind yeah. of fun. Um, I like anyways, it. Um, I just want to co-play so many video games I'm not going to be able to because I'm starting school next year. Anyways, um, with Yababa out of the way, let's jump into some quick news stories. The The first one is, uh, I think, the story of 2021, uh, which is games getting delayed due to COVID. <laughs> it's like the one universal thing people who've played video games have gone through. <laughs> oh, yeah. That and uh, people talking about M- NFTs nonstop. Um, so from the official Final Fantasy 16 Twitter account, uh, it looks like this happened 16 hours ago. This would have been announced on the 26th. Um, a message from... Yoshi P, a message from the producer. Uh, Greetings, everyone. When we last spoke, or when, la- or yeah, that is Yoshi P, uh, same person as Final Fantasy XIV. My brain got confused. Uh, when last we spoke, I promised I would have more information on Final Fantasy XVI sometime later in 2021. However, I regret to inform you that I will be unable to keep that promise as complications stemming from the ongoing COVID 19 pandemic have delayed the game's development by almost half a year. Blah, 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 blah. Um, 
When can we expect the next round of information? I'm happy to announce the current plans to conduct our next big reveal in spring 2022 as we seek to build excitement leading into the eventual release. Anyways, was anyone else super excited about Final Fantasy 16 the way I was? James I was pretty excited. I, <laughs> yeah, no, have, I, I, have you played any Final Fantasy 14? <laughs> no i i well that's a lie i did i started it up i ran it uh i don't know it was probably four or five months ago and mm -hmm. i played for all of half an hour and realized that uh everybody lied to me it is still just feels like an mmo and i don't really like <laughs> mmos so i it, just it deleted does. it i mean i don't play a lot of mmos it feels like it. but um, <laughs> i did make it through the credits of that game just oh, excellent the first original part of it um and then had to cancel my subscription because i was just not checking that out. um yeah but that being said everyone on earth says that eventually the story becomes the best final fantasy story yada 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 and so i'm excited about what yoshi p has in store for final fantasy 16 and getting to like take the reins on that that whole uh main series i think that's really cool um, yeah anyways i just thought it was important to let people know that it got delayed and um, I also think just everything's going to be delayed for the rest of our lives. Seemingly. Well, especially I think the COVID hit Japan a lot harder than uh, some of the other places in the world. I know. Yeah, with the Olympics, I think it, it was really amplified too. I remember a lot of uh, protests around the way it was handled and the fact that they held the Olympics at all um, was a pretty major talking point in the news last year, right? Yeah. I'm trying to pick up some data to back up what we said. Uh, oh, well, look, Nintendo also. I, oh, sorry. Anyways, no, you go on. Oh, I was just saying that like Nintendo also had a significant amount of delays and stuff like they were a lot quieter about it. They like to uh, uh, just pretend it doesn't happen <laughs> and uh, let, let people stew. But uh, if you've been following along with a lot of Nintendo's like um, release information, they have been shockingly quiet the last two years and only release a few things, um, which is not typical for them. They usually hype up a lot of stuff. So um, like their, uh, what, is, what are they called? Their Nintendo Directs have been, right, right. Uh, for the most part, lackluster, except for the one this year. Uh, they finally had like a big one that showed off a lot of really cool stuff that everybody was excited for and gave release dates. Um, and so, even some of that got delayed. Like I know they delayed um, Advance Wars One Plus Two. Yeah, uh, got pushed. Um, let's see if Pokemon Arceus comes out in almost <laughs> exactly one month from now. Yeah, it's that's pretty close. TBD. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to have time to play that game because I will be in the throes of night school. But <laughs> oh goodness, yeah. I, I'm excited about it nonetheless. I think it. Some of the new forms look really goofy and all that exciting for me. Um, mm -hmm. The next thing I want to point out, uh, a little bit of service journalism. Uh, it's that time of year. The Epic Game Store is giving away free games. And um, I think uh, we're pulling this news from Tom Ivan over at VGC, but um, it's hard to keep up to date because it's literally every 24 hours a new game is getting put, put out for free on the Epic Game Store. Um, Control was put up there. Prey was put up there. Um, I know I missed it, but I think Loop Hero was free at the start of the 
15 days of free games. Um, always worth checking out, but I think the thing that's more worth checking out is they just have a permanent $10 off coupon as long as you spend 15 or more on a game, and it's per game. Um, so it's like a $10 discount, and they also are running a holiday sale, and those things overlap. Um, so I was able to pick up Inscription for $6, uh, and it's normally $20. Um, and then uh, just, you know... Good deal. All kinds of stuff on there. The current game that's free right now is Mages of Mistralia, which is a game I've never heard of. Um, and this is completely irrelevant to our listeners on December 31st on Friday, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just I think it's really cool that they have you know they did this last year and gave away a bunch of stuff and I think it's really cool that they're doing it again. Well, just the fact that they gave away Control, um, Loop Hero, Prey. These are like Pathfinder Kingmaker, uh, which is I I'm a huge D and D fan and I played Pathfinder for probably I'm going on 15 years, so oh, it's wow, nice cool. to have that uh, that uh, those options to to play those games. I know I have a buddy who really liked kingmaker as a game he's enjoyed it so mm. just having those like these are games that you'd normally pay full price for and you can just get them for free off this platform is so yeah. pretty I damn mean, awesome right now just like they have a spotlight section on the store marvel's guardians of the galaxy is 38.99 and probably lets you use the 10 dollars gift card so it's actually 30 bucks um we've got cyberpunk for 30 bucks and probably lets you use the ten dollar discount to make it 20 like it's it's pretty pretty wild um anyways uh i just a good thing to keep your eye on and i think it should be lasting a little bit into january too i hope into the new year so yeah uh, always worth checking that out and then i think the next like really interesting thing and this is a little bit of old news but you know we didn't talk about it when we recorded last time is that Ubisoft has announced a Splinter Cell remake. We're pulling this from Matt Purse over at IGN. Uh, I know a little bit before the show, we were chatting a bit about uh, people's history with the Splinter Cell franchise. Um, I know I played a lot of Spies vs. Mercs, and then um, there was the one that they were promoting, I think in like 2013, or not even, maybe like 2009, 2010, when I was in college, where they're like, you'll be the panther. And it had like a really fluid cover system and like wild lock-on stuff. Um, I don't remember the, the subtitles; these always get lost. But I always thought the Splinter Cell games were a really fun stealth series. Um, how about you all? Have you guys checked out Splinter Cell before? I haven't, um, but it does look pretty cool. I will say that much. But I haven't. I don't think I've played it. And actually, you know, if I'm remembering correctly, I haven't um, played on my PC in a long time, but I think I have that in one of my game lists, if I can remember correctly. I just haven't gotten to it yet because I think I was playing Half-Life first. I um, I have a pretty extensive uh, love of Splinter Cell. It started, I, I got it on the GameCube. It was probably one of my first actual stealth games. I mean, I've played Metal Gear Solid and and Metal Gear and all that. But like this was the one like, I mean, those are those are action games with stealth elements to them. (laughs) Like there's very few parts where you really stealth around and uh, the Splinter Cell revolved around it. You get caught. You're you're kind of in trouble. You really have to really plan your routes, hide in the shadows, uh, use all your little devices. And I really like that. And I, I know it's 
it's a lot of waiting for the people who like to just run and gun. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I have a deep fondness for that sort of play style. And uh, I really in, have enjoyed them. I remember the last, I'm trying to remember the game it was. It was, I played through the first three and loved them. But then there was one where it, it's like, <laughs> I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but like they kill off his like the Sam Fisher's kid and he goes edgy. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Just it's, kidding. I'm it's sorry. Not... <laughs> is it like the Ubisoft era where they made Prince of Persia like super edgy goth and edgy too (laughs) i think so it was it it was just like everything that like i really didn't care about they made it they tried to make a big deal about it and it's like you've Mm -hmm. just like it didn't it made him edgy and he's unhinged and he had to go like rogue and work with the bad guys for a while and i remember like the game itself was it was all right but then the the final boss was it was it wasn't like a normal final boss. It was mm. a staged fight. It felt like a Metal Gear thing. And you had to like dodge his bullets while like making your way through an electric wire maze and essentially just get up to him and then you win. And mm. it was just so cheesy. The amount of like like he would just one shot you if you're if you missed timed a, a dive roll. And it was just it was that would get annoying. It was so completely different from the entire game. It was like, I was furious. Yeah, it's just disconnected from everything you've been doing up to that point. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's ugh, it's like, oh my God, this is the worst. And uh, yeah, I wasn't, wasn't too pleased with that. And so I haven't I, actually played any game since. Oh yeah. I, I don't know if that was in Conviction or not. My memory of the series is really garbage, but my, my main memory of the first Splinter Cell game is just like, being amazed that you could shoot the lights out and that it like impacted oh God, the shadows yes. and like impacted your visibility to the enemies and like the UI stuff of like having the light meter on his suit like be like a green dot whether or not you could be seen was all very like awesome I, I this is like the era of Ubisoft that I was always very impressed with where like they kind of similar to what um dad uh what is it called? Dead Space um, did with the UI and like built it into the character's costume. Like I always thought they took an extra level of care for stuff like that. Um, and the game I was thinking of from college was Splinter Cell Conviction, um, which is the one where they have a cover system and an execution system. I'm pretty sure unless that I don't think I played Blacklist. Um, and so I think uh, they had added like a, a kind of like an instant kill thing where you could build up a meter and then be able to like paint targets and have him like do gunkata basically from equilibrium on people Um, anyways i'm i'm really curious to see like it's interesting to me that they're doing this like remakes of major games from when i was a high schooler now um you've got kotor remake coming you've got that first dead space game getting remade you've got this first it's going to be a remake of Tom Clancy's Splinters are like the first Splinter Cell game. And I just think it's really interesting that instead of being a reboot or being like a new entry into the series, they're pitching all of these things as this is that thing as a remake. Mm. Um, I don't know if, if either of you have an opinion on if you prefer just a new game in a series or if, if going back to those kind of things that launched these series in the first place uh, is worthwhile. I guess as as far as I'm I'm concerned with 
uh, Splinter Cell. The first game was, I, I thought, a great game. I know there a lot of people love the second and the third, uh, Chaos Theory and I can't remember. Pan, Pan, Pan. Pandora Tomorrow. Pandora Tomorrow. That's what it was. Yeah, Pandora. God, such good, oh. uh, such good subtitles. So crunchy. It's, and they those three were really key to me. And I feel like if we're going to redo it, I'd rather redo those. But honestly, the rest of them that came out after it was just a blur of like disinterest from from me. Right, right. So uh, I feel like I'd be fine with them redoing the first three and then doing something completely different with the series rather than mm. uh, canonically following it. Because uh, I like the more grounded stuff, like when it was it felt like it was more grounded in reality. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's a fair point. And I, I definitely think like the reason I was drawn to that conviction game is because it made you feel more threatening and more powerful. And like, that's kind of not what a stealth game is meant to do sometimes. No, um, I just hope that they put some sort of spies versus mercs like that asymmetrical multiplayer like now's the time yeah bring it back i know it's from chaos theory just put it in put it in the splinter cell remake yeah i would die and never do i ask for multiplayer to be tacked onto my single player games ever (laughs) um angie how do you feel do you feel like this trend of kind of going back and rebooting things from uh, at least when I was in high school <laughs> is uh, rebooting the first game in these long running series is, is a good call or do you feel like maybe they would be better suited uh, just adding another entry, uh, you know, doing like the God of War 2018 where it's, it's a, a kind of a revamp refresh, but not uh, going back and completely. It depends on the game, I think, um, mm. because if they go back and remake the game and they just, it's just, god awful then why why'd you mess with it just leave it the fuck alone but if they do something with it that just adds a cool element or just makes it look a little bit better and doesn't really fuck with the storyline then i'm cool with it um i just if i'm i'm i like nostalgia so if it if i'm fond of that game as it was i don't like it messed with Mm. that's just Mm -hmm. how i like it but if they want to you know make that game into adding um what's the word i'm looking for not remaking it but kind of adding to the story almost that's cool that's fine i'm fine with that expanding on what was already there yeah yeah awesome well that does it for our quick little news roundup Uh, it's kind of the slow part of the year where everyone's done their (laughs) you know here's our top X number of games for the year and game of the year lists, and then everyone goes home for two weeks over the holidays. Uh, so there's not as much news being uh, put out in the world, uh, which I think is just fine. Everyone deserves a break. Um, oh, yeah. Except for me, because my holiday break is not as long as other people's, but that's just fine. Um, <laughs> the last thing I want to jump to is the mostly normal question, which I submitted because I was inspired by our special guest, James, uh, who has one of the most iconic Twitter handles of all time. And I just want to know, what is the story behind everyone's Twitter handle? Um, And I'll I'll start. I'll start. So uh, the one I give out on here is at VG Occasion. um, And this is also my way of getting us to do our outro with our Twitter handles. Multitasking. 
Um, (laughs) And so um, that came from in 2017, I was working at a coffee shop. I decided I wanted to try and do a video game zine. And I did one issue of it in November and never followed up on it, but it was called VG Occasion. Uh, which was me making a play on Electronic Gaming Monthly, which is like a huge, super important part of my childhood. And I was like, well, I can't do it monthly, but I could do video games occasionally. <laughs> and then to spend how I've lived my life in writing and recording about video games ever since. Um, I love that. Yeah, that was that was what got VG Akinjin put together. Um, I want to save James for last. So Angie, uh, where does because he's better with butt lord sorry (laughs) not better i just i want him to be have the space to tell the story no he's our guest it's cool it's fine (laughs) um no no i stellar smalls came to be because my my gamer tag before was smurf Ange, which Ange being the first part of my name yeah yeah but when i was playing online it was so irritating what is Smurf Ang? What is that? Who are you? And they just, oh. oh, you just really love the Smurfs as well as Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> a very specific <laughs> one diagram. Well, I used to watch the Smurfs a lot growing up. And my uncle calls me Smurf because oh, I am cool. short. Um, so I just, you know, when I was younger, I put Smurf Ang. And I'm like, that's my gamer tag. And I'm super excited about it. And then people were saying it super incorrect and i'm just like i'm done with you forever so (laughs) i switched it to stellar smalls because i feel i'm pretty stellar and uh people have been calling me smalls because again i am short so (laughs) stellar smalls there you have it i love the alliteration on it too so (laughs) awesome so i can't i can't get out of the uh, now now that you've told me that smurf Ange was a thing and it was spelled (laughs) a-n-g I can't yeah. stop thinking about Fire Lord Gargamel because that would be your <laughs> your rival. Or <laughs> oh my god, I'm, I'm just painting fan art in my mind. If only I was remotely artistic. Now I'm gonna have to. Now I'm gonna have to just draw that and send it. Do it. <laughs> oh my god. Do it. All right. So uh, I guess it's not not really a, a big surprise to you guys, but my <laughs> Twitter handle is. But Lord Primus and uh, oh, yeah, it is. spelt like it sounds. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it uh, <clears throat> it is not an exciting story. <laughs> it is literally <clears throat> me and some buddies were having a LAN party. I had a PS3 over at their house and uh, we were getting ready to play Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I've not really played a lot of this, but they were into it and they really wanted me to play. And I didn't have a PSN account. So they're like, you got to make one on the spot. I was like, I don't know what to what do I name it? And my best friend turned to me and said, I don't know, something stupid like Butler Primus. And I literally (laughs) typed that in. And, and it was available. It was well, you know what? Believe it or not, Angie, Butlord Primus is always available. <laughs> also, the way you caption your dating profile, <laughs> Butlord Primus, always available. Originally, my Twitter handle wasn't Butlord Primus. My Twitter handle when I first made Twitter was actually Brambles Cafe. And I went by the name Derek Brambles because I worked at a cafe for about, oh, I worked in cafes for about 10 years. 
And uh, I have since left that industry. But when I was working at the cafe, I would get a lot of really stupid customers. Believe it or not, customers are the worst part of customer service industry. And (laughs) I would tweet about the customers under a fake cafe name, which was Bramble's Cafe. And then I started getting serious comments about Bramble's Cafe and people saying like, oh, like I had your your. Uh, I don't know. It was like your biscuits there the other day and they were frozen in the center still. And I was like, wait, what the hell? So I did some looking online and found out there's a chain of Bramble's cafes oh, shit. and <laughs> they're a real thing. And I, oh, I, I, Bramble's Cafe. Because I was essentially made a fake character in my mind and was role playing this fake character who is just making fun of customers. And it, <laughs> And I was dragging a uh, dragging this uh, this coffee chain, so I was like, "Well, it's time to change it to my handle." So I just changed it to my handle, and and very swiftly, Brambles Cafe was was swept up. That handle is no longer available. Oh, you should have uh, auctioned it off to them. I should have. I I was I just felt <laughs> I felt a little ashamed of myself, so I quickly changed it and just left it at that. Because <laughs> of frozen biscuits. So, so, yeah. Some, <laughs> <laughs> really really great story and um i also just love the idea that this person was like man your biscuits up how are you gonna be out here talking trash like this <laughs> <laughs> what i don't <laughs> maybe oh, thaw your biscuits out and we would be nicer to you <laughs> yeah oh, it was, oh, it was bad <laughs> it's incredible um yeah. well with all of our twitter handles out there uh the last but not least one is going to be uh the at MN Gamers podcast tag. If you want to follow the show, uh, you can follow uh, John and AJ. Uh, that's at AJ underscore ID for AJ and at Johnny Sampsonite for John Swanson. If you want to keep up with the rest of the cast. Because um, he's original. Okay. I just wanted to pick on him. <laughs> I wonder where those two names came from. Anyways. <laughs> so um, again, uh, I just want to say, James, thank you so much for joining us on this recording. It's been a blast getting to talk with you and uh, just your, your excellent stories. About yeah, thank you. Really funny. Well, thanks, thanks for, for having me. me. Honestly, yeah. this is a blast. I love this stuff. It, it was a, a real pleasure. Um, I know we just shouted out your Twitter handle, but is there anywhere else on the internet you want to let people know where they can find you? Anything yeah, you I do stream uh, every uh, Monday and Wednesday, or try try to make it Mondays and Wednesdays. And uh, you, my uh, Twitch handle is BLP Entertainment. I figured Butlord Primus was a little inappropriate <laughs> to keep touting everywhere if i wanted to seem a little more professional so i shortened it up to blp which is a a great little we know who you are (laughs) i love it too because it sounds like it's like oh this is blip entertainment like you've got yeah that's figured out you know yeah yeah there we go that's what i thought when i was watching you on your stream uh yeah no several months ago (laughs) he's in in the old noodle (laughs) <laughs> yeah so i i will be streaming tonight so uh oh, everybody nice. who didn't show oh, up because this is happening on friday i'm very disappointed in you my three yeah. followers are also very disappointed in you yeah. <laughs> but, but no but they can catch you on monday and wednesdays and mondays and wednesdays um, yeah and do you have vods uh saved to the channel uh some yes you can you can watch uh my most recent ones as well as 
uh, stupid moments that I remember to make little clips <laughs> of. Uh, one of which I uh, I did a 12 hour stream in November for uh, Movember. I was, I was oh, cool. growing the mustache for Movember. And uh, near the end of uh, the month, I did a 12, yeah, a 12 hour stream. And uh, I auctioned off my mustache rights. So somebody bought my mustache. They named it Fatty Tugs. And they made me shave the middle part like a they said like a reverse Hitler. Oh, so oh no, just the yeah. middle part had to be shaved and mm -hmm. they wanted it to look like I know you, nobody can see me on <laughs> on the podcast, but uh, essentially I always have like a little soul patch below my mustache and they wanted it to look like my soul patch fell out. <laughs> fell out of your ah! mustache. So I, uh, so I, shaved, <laughs> I shaved it on stream. With uh, with a razor, and I do have a clip of me like doing the first shave and like going, "Oh God, damn it!" I've... <laughs> we can't go back from this. Move it back on. Yeah, so it, it it was it was good. We had a blast. <laughs> that is awesome. spectacular, um, yeah. amazing. Uh, I follow the twitters and also uh, send us emails at podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com, and uh, we can promote the newsletter because it's going to exist again, maybe for just one month of the year, but um, it's going to be mngamers.substack.com if you want to subscribe so that hits your mailbox on your computer device uh, when we get it published in January, once we have thoughts about games of the year. Um, I'm really us. worried. I'm, oh yeah, call us at 507-291-2991. Again, that's 507-291-2991. Um, I'm really my game of the year is Dark Souls. That game came out 10 years ago. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> that was really funny timing. Oh, that was amazing. Okay. Sorry. It was worth it. So uh, awkward. We got to tell John to keep that in the edit, too. <laughs> Put it in at the end with no oh context. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Sorry.